Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. We open up the Locker Room, Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas, ESPN Radio, uh, Steelers Radio Network. It's uh, it's another one of those mornings where you kind of like getting our little roll here, and uh, as we move on, uh, I think uh, you know, be... F- I don't know. There's 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 a lot going on right now. I just how about this? COVID is making another rise here in the NFL because you know it's kind of funny, but you got Ben Roethlisberger and Minka Fitzpatrick got hit by the COVID bug. Now all of a sudden you turn around and you've got uh, you know the 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 Chargers having to deal with it themselves. Uh, Joey Bosa, their fine defensive end, their uh, terrific pass rushing defensive end. Uh, he's got five and a half sacks, and including three strip sacks. Uh, also, the fact he's had sacks in three of the last four games. Well, he has got the COVID bug, so he's got some issues there. And then also defensive tackle Jerry Tillery, who started eight games this year, two and a half sacks, eight quarterback hits. Um, there is, uh, shall we say, that the, the Chargers are being evened out by the Steelers uh, as as uh, everybody's getting debugified from the um, COVID, so here we are, and we have, of course, Max is right here with me. Well, not here with me. He is uh, at home, ensconced in the uh, Sunshine Valley of Phoenix. But I got to say, Max, you know, you look at the Chargers now. You got Joey Bosa going down. You got Jerry Tillery, their defensive lineman, going down. Um, I, you know, you look at that and you go. You know, that's starting to even out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you look at just kind of the bugaboo issues that we've had defensively, it's like, okay, now some things are starting to happen. And it's starting to, like you said, balance the tide. Because I think that's kind of where we're at, right? We're in limbo trying to get health in order for the Steelers. And, you know, you find out the news about Minka. You know, it's good news, but yet not persistent news for TJ. It's not as bad as it could have been. Right. Uh, But but still doesn't make him available. So at least Watt, Bosa, cancel out. Losing Minka 
I would argue is probably more tilted towards us than losing Jerry Tillery. But for our offensive line and having right. two linemen kind of questionable, we'll take it as a wash. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and you start you start looking at ways to kind of glean to to even this balance. And I, I think that that is promising uh, because this Chargers team can score points. And so I would like to see defenders on there that won't prevent us from scoring points. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first up is you think of Bosa, right? I mean, yeah. three, of four last, three of the last four games he's had stacks. Three uh, times he's had strip sacks. I mean, he's, he's uh, very much like T.J. Watt, one of those guys who – Goes after the quarterback, but goes after the pigskin too. You know, it's not like uh, he's just locked into, oh, I got to bring the quarterback down. He's got those extra skills. You know, it's like Mike, uh, I love how Mike talks about TJ Watt. He says he does the routine things that other guys don't routinely do. (laughs) Yeah. You know, somehow. I I can't quote Mike exactly because Mike's way above my level. But the fact is, the point is made. Yeah, it's a word salad. Uh, you know, word it's just salad. one of those things. <laughs> yeah, word but, salad. Come on, uh, who blue cheese word, word salad or is it just a ranch? I mean, it's a chopped wedge. You know, <laughs> so it's got bacon, it's got some onions. Okay, that's but even lot, better. Lot, but a lot of lettuce, a lot of a lot lettuce. Of lettuce. But I love <laughs> yeah. I love bacon in that wedge salad, especially you get the the chunks of blue cheese. And you mix oh, it yeah. all, roll it in there. Oh, that's good stuff, brother. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's when you feel like you're you're a chef at your at, at somebody else's restaurant because you're <laughs> sitting there with the knife and the fork and you're just chopping and mixing, oh, man. And doing all that stuff. It's like Ginsu style. Oh um, yeah. But but I think I think when you think about it, that's that that's that's what you're like. Okay, neutralize. We'll trade one for one. Our best for your best, right? Red Rover, Red Rover stuff. Right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So th- yeah, that is the wash. But it's you know, but it's still one of those things where okay, well, what does their backups look like versus what our backups look like? That that's that is the crux of the situation. So I mean, it, it's it, it's promising news for us. Obviously, bad for the Chargers. But to qu- also quote, um, you know, Mike Tomlin, it's like. They've got problems, and we've got problems. I'm just glad that our problems aren't as bad as their problems, and that's what we're hoping, and that's what we're hoping right now. So I think that that that's kind of the silver lining in all of this is like, please let our problems not outweigh their problems. Exactly. Well, you got Bosa, you got Tillery, Drew Tranquil, their starting linebacker. He went uh, on the COVID list last Friday, so don't know about him. But, you know, here's the thing that, you know, I was I was talking with Terrell Edmonds yesterday, and one of the things that you think about is, okay, um, guys start going down, and then you look around and go, uh, I'm in the same room with him, or, uh, you know, I was, you know, we're in the locker room, we're in the huddle, yeah. whatever, and you just wonder, you know, if there's going to be any more fallout. You know what I mean? Because if one guy gets it, you know, then you know that the, the possibility exists that other people, you know, even though everybody's, you know, doing the safe distancing and the mask or whatever and, you know, the vaccines and however, um, it just, it is what it is. You know I mean? How do you avoid that? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, and that, that's the thing. I mean, cause that, that's the same thing we're dealing with, with contact tracing, you know, what, what is the protocol for close contact? You know, um, I know certain, certain, uh, companies determine it as 15 minutes of consistent contact, right? Others it's, if you've been around that person, you know, for 
for X amount of minutes consistently over the hour or over the course. And I'm like, uh, well, how does this, how does this affect us with Minka? He played in a game. Uh, he tackled humans. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like how, right. does, how, how does that equate? And that's always kind of the question mark, right, is that, oh, man, I don't know how this applies. So you're, you're trying to figure out, okay, how does this equate out? How do we make this? And I'm just hoping that that fallout doesn't affect us any more than we're already dealing with. That's absolutely true. You know, and you just hope that uh, they're able to roll on from this. But, you know, certainly one of the, 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 the factors and, and key things in this whole thing is going to be, you know, um, the fact that you're, you're going to fly out together as a team on that plane, you know, yeah. and it's – you know, you, you, I don't know. I mean, sometimes you can just like blow your mind looking at the what the possibly could happen. You know, the ramifications of it, and you realize, you know, they they are they they are extending extreme caution at all times. You know, I mean, it's not like the players are are out and doing the the things that uh, you know you saw the Raiders doing last year when they were all at you know commiserating at some charity benefits and stuff at the height of the pandemic. You know, I mean, they're, they're basically yeah. trying to mitigate their lives and do so and be, you know, safe about it and just try to be smart about it. But how, how safe and smart can you be? I mean, it's like you say, football's football, man. You're in the huddle together. You're in the room together. You're in pile up together. Uh, it's it's not an easy thing. And so um, I don't know. I, I just wonder. I guess what I'm saying is I wonder if this is the last – we're going to hear of anybody going on the COVID protocols this week, because to me, I, I don't know. It, it just um, it's it raises your suspicions that more could happen. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. you know. Well, unfortunately, and then also re- remember last year when they had that whole thing about creating those Oakley like uh, clear clear mask shields remember oh that? yeah Where yeah they were supposed to have this what happened to those i know but like, could you wear one i would find it a problem like like i don't know when you get like uh the fog yeah you get yeah. fog in there and especially for fat guys right well, you well, know, oh yeah fat guys you got a lot heavy. of oh you got a lot of misting Cause, going cause on because i remember when i had to wear the eye shield because i got poked in the eye oh yeah and, and how much tougher it was to breathe with that and that's just the top half yeah so i can't even imagine if you actually went the full the full monty mask with those little holes in it i'm like dude i would be a hot mess i would be creating my own steam room in my head (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) right i mean i i choose sauna heat over over steam room heat anyways because i like (laughs) to be able to breathe i'd rather breathe in hot air than to not breathe, which just feel like breathing through a straw. Now, a, when you say – oh, the steam room. Okay. Well, what about, like, the dry yeah. heat, you know, the, the, the those dry saunas? Is that you what you're talking about? Live, right? You oh, see yeah. where I live, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just walk outside and you got your dry sauna. Yeah, exactly. I, I have a dry sauna, and, and, and I use dry saunas, you know what I'm saying? Because, because you feel like you can at least breathe, right? I'd rather have – Right. My skin feel like it's just really, really warm. Than right. to have that wet, dewy like you don't necessarily sweat, but you're sweating in a, in a steam room, and but you you don't feel like you can breathe as right. easily and as freely because the air is condensed with moisture. So that's what happens when you put that mask on. And so I'm like, man. But I'm just saying for this type of things, 
if you did have a guy that you were worried about, or you know, if you're if you're worried about this, where did those masks go? I remember, I remember it was a whole huge thing for like a couple of weeks last year about oh players hitting each other. Oh, we need to create this mask technology, and never saw not a one except for a prototype. <laughs> Well, I think never saw the Here's the thing about it. I think it'd be kind of claustrophobic. You know, you got that mask in but there. It's, but it's clear. But it's clear. I know. Right? But you know, it's it not just, like it's a shaded one, like the you know the blackout ones. Well, let me ask you this: If you just had the the eye shield and you found it hard to believe uh, to breathe in that, then what do you think a full face shield would be? Well, but but there's guys who still wear eye shields. Right, right. Still, guys who wear those, so maybe you would adjust over time. Okay, but Uh, but you'd have to wear it. You'd have to wear it to to get the benefit, right? And I think that's kind of where I'm at. Whereas, like, well, I guess maybe if I had to wear the eye shield or I wore it year in and year out, like Marvell Smith wore it. Yeah, his entire career. Yes, he did. I and, remember and we that. called yeah. him, and we called him Darth Vader. Yeah, because he looked like Darth Vader in there. Darth Uh, Vell. Yeah, Darth Vell. Um, That's a new Sith Lord. Um. But I think that is that is kind of where you're like, okay, anybody can adjust, right? Right. We're good at adaptability. And I think that's kind of where I was like, okay, well, it wasn't even offered. But if guys did feel uncomfortable or say you're an unvaccinated guy and you wanted to have that extra protection, not right. only for yourself, for your teammates, it would, but, it, but it hasn't even been an option. So I was just wondering. That just popped in my head. I was like, remember that Oakley thing? And it had those special slits that had like a little sideways. So – the direct spittage would not come out. Spittage. And all that kind of, yeah, well, I, I just made that I up. Just, yeah, well, I wonder how many guys have stopped spitting at each other in the NFL because of the fact that you got the COVID thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think if you're a nasty player, you're just nasty. You just, you just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's fact, just nasty. It, 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 now, now it's spiteful. Now it's like, okay, I'm really threatening your life. <laughs> The, the, hey, this 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 loogie has has a lot has has a lot of nails and a lot of spikes that's being hurled at you when you do it because it's already bad. It's already a bad so enough bad. act in and of itself, right? To right. spit on someone is just a de- degrading act. And trust me, having teammates who have who who have who have spat or been spat on, yes, uh, you know the reaction is still the same by the other person. Uh, <laughs> You're you're willing to want to want to end their life immediately, yes. and that was pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know one yeah. of the one of the worst things. I was in a preseason game down in Dallas. We ran a a four trap. Um, no, I'm sorry, uh, five trap. So I was blocking. We're in a pile, and all of a sudden you hear this screaming going on. Ah! <laughs> we unpile, <laughs> get up, and here one of the rookies, Ben Lawrence, who was playing at that time. He comes in. He stands up, and this guy's like uh, he was like six four, three hundred pounds, you know, big huge guy, and his face is a mask of blood, and I was like, it was it was like a horror film. It was like something out of uh, you know Friday the Thirteenth, like you know somebody just got Michael Myers just went crazy with the knife on him or something. He's standing, he's looking at me. I'm looking at him, and I started to scream too. I go ah. Go, go to the sidelines. And so all you could see when he opened his eyes is his eyes. Everything else was covered in blood. I guess he had busted his nose on the trap as he was drive blocking, you know, coming on. It was a big yeah. hit. And he busted his nose and splatted all over his face. And his face was just covered in blood. And I got to tell you, so it was like everybody was like, ooh, get away from me, man. Yeah, exactly. It's like, did you just dunk your head in paint? I just, <laughs> just want to know. Oh, it's terrible. 
Terrible. Yeah, exactly. Chuck Barkley, terrible. Ter- terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible, <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> it was. You know, I mean, you have those situations that arise in the game, and sometimes, you know, <laughs> there's, oh, I could tell some stories. I probably I would say none worse than, for me, it was, uh, it was Ben when we were in Baltimore. Okay. And, oh, uh, I remember. Hel- remember Haloti Nada punched Ben in the face? Oh, he did. Tomahawked him right through. Yeah, and then the nose was crooked, and there was just blood down the front of his white jersey. Yeah. Like, oh, that was I so, remember That was probably the worst that. one that I saw. And I was just like, holy crap. I was like, the amount of blood that comes out of those little vessels up there in your nose. Absolutely. Right? You know, when you go a little bit too far digging for green gold, and, yep. and it, it was just poor. It was just gushing. I was like, oh. You know what's so funny? Like, Charlie, the, get in here. <laughs> the sidelines. And Ben was sitting on the bench, and I got a profile, and I saw his nose was 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 crooked, right? And it was it was sunken in where, you know, the, the cartilage up here gets, like, broken yeah. and stuff. And I said to Tunch, he's got a broken nose. And Tunch goes, no, he doesn't. I go, hey, look, I boxed enough, and I've been around enough in, in cornering <laughs> guys in boxing matches. I go, that's a broken nose, brother. <laughs> All right. Before anybody's nose gets broken here, we got to go to break. We'll be back with more. You're in the locker room with Wolf Starts and the Ninjas. ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. So, about a year ago, then Raiders offensive tackle Trent Brown was getting an IV before a game. They are going to play the Cleveland Brownies. Of course, Trent now is with the New England Patriots, but a year ago... In November, he's with uh, the the Raiders. Now he's six foot eight. He's three hundred and eighty pounds, and I seem to have a, I think I have a co-host who also is used to be around that sort of size. That would be Max. And and here's the thing about it: you get in a pregame IV, but somehow accidentally, air was introduced into his bloodstream while he got that IV, and he said he nearly died. I mean, he almost went into cardiac arrest. So said Trent Brown. Max, what do you think? Well, also, here, here to, ta- to take it uh, even further there, Wolf, uh, he's also a former Florida Gator. Oh, get out. So, really? Boom. There you go. Yeah. Trent, they grow tackles Trent big Trent. down there, buddy. We do, we do, we do get, a, you know, certain seasons we get a good crop. And, uh, you know, just like wine <laughs> season, right? You know, 2012 was better than 2011. Right. And, you know, you start playing with the wine futures. But, uh, but no. Um, you know, that, that's one of the scary things, right? Because it's a routine thing that you need. You know, my, my biggest worry, because I used to get some pregame IVs. Okay. And my biggest worry was not hitting the vein in the arm properly. Well, you that know, would be, I, I would think that happened, right? Or no. Yeah, oh, well, so, okay, go ahead. Well, no, no, no. It's the air that gets trapped. So once you get it in, if 
you don't clear the line, like let the IV run through and then attach, that's where you can get an air bubble. Oh, because, okay. Because the bag is self-contained, but then you have the line that goes in. Right. And that's full of air until the liquid comes all the way through. Okay. And you usually want to make sure you shake the bag so that the bubbles are at the top so that by the time you're done – you turn the IV off. So this is not start to see the right. bubbles. This is not part of your moratorium sciences, okay? Right? Because yeah, the, yeah, no, there's no not, need for this IVs. Is this is for living. This is yeah. No, not in the dead. When when you when, no, when you're no. filling them, yeah, there's no get, need. To. If you get air in a decedent, um, <laughs> that's what they call the deceased. Right. The decedent, it's not going to really hurt anything, right? Uh, True. Because there's not it's not circulating through your system and it doesn't get to your heart. Yeah, so, because the heart is already not if, working, right? Correct. All right, because so you're a decedent. Simply, yeah, because you're a decedent. No, if you if you were alive, it'd be completely different. So there we go. Well, how come, let me ask you this: uh, Why would you not be called an anti-decedent if you're alive? Right, because that would be anti to the decedent, which or I, or you would just be alive. Well, okay, There's but a I'm lot just... less words in alive than anti-decedent. I mean, that's a very long phrase. I mean, unless you got two people on a table next to each other and you have to designate decedent or non-decedent. You know okay, what I'm well, saying? Okay, well, non would be another. But why are you as a living person laying next to a person that's a decedent on a table and in that type of room? That's the question. If you were alive and you're in that room, you should be the person that's embalming. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just... If, if we're going to go with semantics here. <laughs> Let's not get into ceramics. I have, I, have a lot of qu- I have a lot of questions for the person that wants to be called a non-decedent in that situation. Like, why are, you, why are you in the room to even need that classification and title? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. That, I don't know they call that. those spectators. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know this de-evolved in <laughs> Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Uh, because or, you wanted the, you wanted the designation of anti-decedent, so that's why we're arguing it, Wolf. The ceramics of the it living, all. The living person. You just could have said the living person, but no, you want another title. <laughs> oh, that was good. All right, so you got Trent Brown, the poor guy, all 6'8", 380 pounds. He gets a, a little bit of air in the vein or in the bubble or whatever it is. and uh, he, Bubble he, in the line. So yeah. it's, an air, it's an air pocket in the line. So you didn't clear the line completely before you attached it to, the, uh, to, to his vein, like the little catheter that you put in Got it. ahead of time. Like you want to bleed that to make sure that you see blood. Okay. And then you, and then you clear the whole line before you attach it so that it's seamless. Okay. Right? So that it hits blood and, blood and flu, IV fluid hit at the same time so that there's no gap or space. Okay. And usually if you don't clear the line all the way, because sometimes there's a little air bubble pocket when you first open it that has to also go down and clear out. Okay. So that you create a continuous stream of fluid. And so if you don't do that, then there is that risk if that and, and and it can I mean it's that you know it's that big it's a very small amount but that one little pocket of air can cause tremendous damage so you you must be accurate and you must be on point because like you said you could get into a situation where you could put somebody into cardiac arrest and possibly kill them that's um that's just wild I mean think about it Trent Trent actually got hospitalized. For three days, he said, and he said for eight months he didn't feel right. I mean, that's yeah, that's a that's a long time. I, I would imagine that when you have that sort of 
mm, fly by, uh, you know, so close to going into cardiac arrest. That's got to play with your mind, I would think, man. Yeah, well, and especially think about this. You pass out immediately, so you don't even know what's happening. You're oh. sitting there, and then all of a sudden you're go- you're out. Right, so you're 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 out of there. So you don't know what has happened until you wake up, and they tell you if you wake up, they they tell you what happened, and then that's the mental part of it, right? That messes with you because you're like, what? What, what do you mean that happened? Like you start to quit. Like ha- this is something I do all the time, right? You know, it's a normal routine, right. like. You know, when you get in the car, I get in the car, I go out the driveway and, you yeah, know, you go to the game early, sudden, get your, get, get, exactly. get plugged. It would be like along that way you get sideswiped by like a dumpster truck, right? right. Oh and yeah. You don't know what's happened, right? You just, it's, it's a flash. That's the same thing that kind of happens. So you, now you're, you're mentally already a wreck outside of the physical aspects of it. Cause you've been in the hospital, you know, anytime you go in the hospital, more than just an overnight or a recovery like that that i mean you know it's crazy how fast your body can start to just uh atrophy yeah muscles if you're not moving if you're laying in a bed um you know it's so fast the atrophy effect so imagine as a high-performing athlete you have that happen you're knocked unconscious and then you wake up and then you're not allowed to do anything because that was the biggest thing you know i when i've been hospitalized in the past you know, if I have to spend more than a day or so, you know, I, I got up, had my, hey, had my little IV bag, and right. the, little, the, little, the little crane with the wheels, <laughs> and you're just walking around the, the hallways trying to get some exercise just to get moving and feel normal. Because when you sit in that bed, it just, you know, that, that messes with you. So imagine that, the mental of not knowing, and then, you know, you're like, man, I was getting ready for a game. Yeah. Like, like that's the last yeah. thing I remember. I was getting ready for a game, and now I'm in this hospital. And I'm in a city that I'm not supposed to be this long in, right? You know, the shelf life for an NFL True. player when you're playing a game in a city is 24 hours. You know, right. We well, get in around the time, night before, play the game, boom, we're back on the plane. And, and now you're back home in no time. time. Yeah. Well, think about exactly. it. He ended up in the Cleveland Browns, or I mean, sorry, Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Hospital. You know, from, yeah. you know, you were in Vegas. Well, I, I can tell you, my day, we didn't, we, did, we weren't allowed to do uh, IVs. Uh, you couldn't get them, you know, at the stadium or anything. You had to go to the hospital. So we played a game in Miami, and I, I always had this problem with cramping for the early part of my my career. I was I'm a north yeah. I'm a northeastern guy. I mean, we you know we we got the Germanic cords, the, the Viking blood yeah. or whatever. You know, I mean, yeah, we've always been northeastern type people, and we got twenty weight oil or whatever. I mean, in our blood. Uh, so we the the cold was no no was awesome, so but the crude heat oil. Yeah, we you just crude. Yeah, that that heat was straight just, from the well, baby. Straight yes. from the well, unrefined. <laughs> so so uh, when it when it started to get eighty five, ninety, and so forth, you know, I I would cramp. Now the thing about it was, I would always finish whether it's a game or, or practice, but then I'd I'd be sitting there about ten twenty minutes after practice or the game was over, and all of a sudden start to pop, you know, and everything would cramp up. And I actually had to go. I was in Key Biscayne Hospital after a game in Miami. I had to stay Very overnight nice. there because I I was Did cramping up in the locker room. Ocean view room? No, you ocean I didn't, view view? man. You know, <laughs> I didn't. It was it was horrible. But you know, yeah. I mean, it was it was crazy because you, you just had to stay there. And then the worst part about it was I I had to use my my one off day for the week to travel. 
You know, you got to yeah. go back to Pittsburgh and everything else. So, but it was, I hated that. You know what I mean? You stay overnight and then yeah. there you are. And, and then, then the doctor comes around and making rounds and the doctor, um, he was, he had the, the group of visiting students, you know, from other countries and, and they didn't understand yeah. what football was. So they thought I'd, I'd, I'd cramped up, uh, doing some gardening or lawn, <laughs> lawn care work. So they're asking me if I was, you know, a push mower or. I was like, going, oh, God. I, don't, I don't quite understand. <laughs> no, riding lawnmowers are my favorite. I go John Deere if I'm going to go anything. Okay, exactly. Guys, right. Keep it moving. To, you know, no, don't leave your chart in here. Uh, no, but I, I think that's kind of one of the things like, you know, when any player gets hospitalized outside of your home facility, it's always right. a rough thing. Because, you know, I, I remember Ryan. You know, Clark. Oh, yeah. And RC would be a great one to talk to. Oh, Denver, right? Because of Denver and not knowing and and him being hospitalized for a while. The sickle cell. Because of the sickle cell trait and how that affected his gallbladder. Uh, I remember that. Losing that. So, I mean, it's it's a scary thing when you don't know. And and so that's always the concern, right? You always want to have control over your body. Yeah, And in those moments when you don't have control over your body or something adverse happens that you are unaware of, it that messes with your head mentally um, in a lot of senses. So I'm glad Trent Brown's back. I'm glad my Gator's back. And he got to do it apropoli because Apro- – Wait a got- minute. Apropoli? Yeah, it's that's, apropos. Yeah, you know what? That's that's nice. You're showing some real wordsmith tendencies here, my friend. Yeah, I, I, I'm creating words. You know, I like just it. Like I'm creating my own chopped salad right now. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, do I want thick cut leaves or do I want thin cut leaves? <laughs> Apropoli. There we go. I'm going with the thin cut. But um, but he 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 that happened to get, while trying to play against Cleveland, and then when you come back, oh, you're talking about Trent Brown, yes. For Trent Brown, he gets to play against Cleveland again that's, and get the victory. So that's kind of full circle, right? Yes, it does come full the game circle. That you got injured on, yeah. So, so good for him. I'm glad. I'm glad Trent. Glad Trent's feeling feeling better. Uh, absolutely. You know, the one thing about it is that I would think um, that's a scary moment. You pass out. You're getting ready for a game. You pass out, and the next thing you know, you're in the hospital, and you're not. Uh, you know, you're not participating in the game. But then. Uh, you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm glad Trent is back. Yeah. That's good. Good for him. All right, we're going to yeah. go to break. And when we come back, we'll have some more. The number is 412-919-1316. you got Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, everybody, we're back. Numbers 412-919-1316. Uh, you know what? Joe Schobert said the other day, he said, it's something we have to to go and execute. It's hard. He's talking about tackling, of course, all right? It's hard to execute in the middle of the season at practice. It's something we have to work on, get ourselves in those positions, take practice seriously, and be able to improve on that. There was a lot of buzz over the fact that he said, Take practice seriously. Uh, I think, you know, in the aftermath of a game and you're talking about things like that or practice, um, you know, you, p- sometimes people tend to put too much emphasis on on the words, which I, I can understand. He said it, but I, I just – Joe Schobert and not taking practice seriously or other guys, I don't see that at all. 
because, you know, that that's one of the things that you look at and you say, okay, what does he mean by this? Is this something where it's a focus? Because, I mean, here's the thing. It's to take that element seriously, the tackling. Because in practice, when you're in regular season, you know, it's two-hand touch, butt up, right? You know, it's, oh, I'm going to come with the chest, tap the guy, <clears throat> and let the running back finish. Right. Whereas, you know, you get into a game, obviously you're not two-hand tapping or just butting up. You're trying to take a guy to the ground. So you don't work through the entire progression of a tackle um, on a regular basis on and off because you're not taking a guy to the ground, right, because of injuries. Obviously, there's a lot of different elements that you want guys healthy and ready to play by game day so that they can go all out. So I think I think people are looking at it like, oh, the Steelers don't take practice seriously at all. It's like, no, you have to understand the elements of that. Yeah. And if you've been on that practice field or you've been – in that locker room, you understand that you're not just wasting practice in general. It's just that the emphasis is not tackling in a practice. It's knowing your assignment. It's knowing where to be. It's knowing what the call is and schematically putting yourself in a position to be successful. Whereas the tackling element is not emphasized because you don't want to risk injury on another human being. Right. You know, until game day. Yeah. Until game day. That's that, that, that's that's when you let it go. There is you. You will seek no quarter. You will seek no shelter. Um, so it's tough to simulate those situations. So what he's saying, they have to do more of a better job, I guess, an individual, of simulating the actual tackling process to its entirety. Because yes, guys do get to guys, but then it's like two hand touch, right? You know, up, oh, I got him, I touched him, and you fall off of it instead of learning how to wrap, how to drive the legs through contact and take a guy down. So, I mean, it's something that we, we've talked about this with Tom Bradley. We've talked about this right. with countless other coaches. How do you do it? And he's like, it's tough. And unless you're actually taking guys to the ground in practice, you don't do it. Because here's the thing. I don't want Najee Harris getting hit 150 times a week. Yeah. Because that's what it would take, right? Yep. So, where's your balance here? You know, do you want Najee to be accessible for practice so that Trey Norwood can learn how to tackle in the open field on game day? Or do you want Najee exploding and being fresh and touching the ball 30 times a game <laughs> so that he can help this offense win? That's where you have to kind of have that balance. You know, there's, you're exactly correct. Look, according to most of those, uh, those uh, magazines or the things out the pro football for focus and stuff like that, you know, the Steelers missed 14 tackles against Seattle 10 against Detroit. But, you know, um, again, it's it's those issues, um, and part of it has to do with the people up front too, you know. Because if you're not in your proper gaps and guys explode through the gap, you know it can create a problem, and then you're left for trying to drag a guy down from behind. I mean, think about that one where you got the rugby scrum, and I forgot which back it was from Detroit, but you know they motored for like ten yards after first contact, and there was a pile of guys hanging on, and he still went several yards more down the field, and that sort of thing is it's embarrassing. You know that's going to humiliate you as a, as a defense, but at the same time, you know. Um, the, the best way to put that, to put somebody down like this, never let them get started through the gaps. And that's part of the problem. There were gaps. Yeah, there were gaps. So, I mean, and, and like anything else, right. You know, you need at least eight guys to do their job right for, for a play to either work or a scheme to actually go off properly. You got to have at least eight guys. Right. So you, when you, and you're probably going to need more than that. <laughs> well, 
Defensively, you'll probably need more than that, but offensively, you need eight, right? Um, So I think that's kind of where you have to be, where you have to have – and then who of those eight matters? Because, listen, if all your DBs and linebackers are doing their job, like you said, and D-line's not, that's a problem. You got a problem. (laughs) You got a problem. Do you need all of your down linemen to do their job at least two of your linebackers to do their job, and you can take two DBs. We'll take two DBs. That's about seven. And then you need that one auxiliary support guy. Yeah. Either be a linebacker or or another DB. That's who you need to have it really go well. But all your D linemen have to be involved. So you can't get singled. You must double at all times in those situations. <laughs> My dog is losing his mind right oh, now. Oh, he's, he's losing your mind. Okay. All right, I'm glad yeah, it wasn't you, though. I'm just glad it wasn't no, you. That would have been an impressive exactly, bark. No, if, if, if I started barking like that and throwing my voice, I'm going to Vegas, guys, <laughs> and not to play for the Raiders. I am going to get a show. <laughs> exactly. Now, here's the one thing I want to ask you. In your day, because in my day it was really big and they, people were on it, um, there was a thing called cybernetics. Maxwell Maltz kind of pioneered the whole thing of, you know, in the mind, using the mind and all that yeah. sort of thing. Um, they call it psycho-cybernetics or something like that. Um, but anyhow, uh, they used to refer to it as um, mental gymnastics. You know, you'd run through your plays. You'd run through your skill set. You'd do those sorts of things. I really was a heavy believer in it. Back in my day, I did I, all the time. I just It was a daily thing for me. We called it getting the theater of your mind. Um, that's one way that you can rehearse things without doing any physical damage or nor taking any energy expenditure. You simply go get yourself in a nice, relaxed state, and you mentally visualize in your mind's eye, that theater in your mind, uh, yourself. If you're, if you're tackling, you're making the proper tackle, going, you know, feet, face, and hands, that sort of thing. And, you, you know, you, you kind of like have those little quippy things like, you know, under and up, same foot, same shoulder, all the things that we've been told and those, I think that's a really, uh, it's a strong way to prepare yourself. I wonder, do guys do much of that anymore? You know, I, I know for me, I actually, I went to a uh, a special performance, I guess you call it performance therapist. Okay. That help you with that. And uh, I, I remember, I remember going and doing that and, and it's made, it's like, it's like, it's, it's also that mental imagery associated with like subliminal messaging that's. <laughs> And there's a special music in a workbook you do uh, that I did, um, and I'm just I'm dumbing it down. Like I, I know that there's there's better ways of explaining this, but I, I used to do that, and I had I had a, a certain a certain uh, song, right, in my set list of of, of uh, my playlist for what I listen to pregame music, right, and it was in there, and that was my moment to to mentally prime myself for the game where I would take my progression, I would go through my routine mentally before I enter the field. Like I'm picturing running out into the field, picturing warm-ups, I'm picturing going through my plays, and I'm picturing even when I go on the field for the first time, right? Right. Picturing the kickoff return, picturing you know us running in the field, getting in the huddle, and going through the first 15 plays of the game. Right, like absolutely. Like in my head against what I think I'm going to see. So, I mean, there's guys who still do those type of things. I don't think it's as prevalent. Um, but, you know, the funny thing is Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, has this thing where it, we, he calls it big game music. When it's a big game. Right. In the pregame meeting the night before, he turns the lights off, plays music, 
and is like, hey, guys, I want you to focus. Think about your first play. Think about this and gets guys kind of in the right frame of mind. Then he Ooh, raises like the that. lights, raises the lights, turns the music off, and then it's like, hey, it's time. now it's time to go. All the words have been said. I like that very much. You know, here's the thing about it. I think it's a lost art. The mental gymnastics that you can go through to prepare yourself, I, I think it's almost, or if it's not, it's becoming a lost art because I don't hear too much buzz about it, nor do I hear too many people uh, really talking about how uh, that can enable you. Because you, here's the thing about it. You can get as violent as you want in your mind, you know, with your thinking about your punching, your pass set, run blocking, position, everything else. Or, you know, you can you can run through as many plays as you want. And, again, it's nothing to do with energy expenditure or bodily damage or anything of those of that nature. You simply prepare yourself, and your body really does follow what you program your mind to do. And when you don't do it, uh, I think you really are leaving yourself not fully preparing yourself to go out and do what you're capable of doing. Yeah, and it's more so, you know, it, it's it's a way of just seeing success, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're never gonna you're never gonna mentally prep for yourself to fail, right? No, you better not. Picture... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, th- think well, about it. That becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. You know, when you you start to yeah. like worry about the sack too much, then all of a sudden it yeah. happens. You know, so it yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like when you're doing this mental imagery, you're not picturing yourself. Man, I can't wait to pull in this tackle trap and then you fall. Like trip over your shoelace. Like, why are we both of my shoes tied together? On the you're not you're not doing that to your brain. Uh, but it but like you said, it's a projection, right? And self fulfilling prophecy that when you do accomplish it, how you thought of it in your mind, you're like, yep, just how I drew it up. <laughs> you know, exactly. And, and then when you don't, you're like, man, what did I do wrong? You know, maybe I need to do something else. But at least you're setting yourself up for a positive and not a negative mentally. And it's better to not be caught off guard, you know, because that's the other part of it, right? When you're doing this, you're preparing yourself for any instance. I mean, when I would when I would watch film, because I watched a ton of film. Yeah. And Matt, Mac, who worked in our video department, hated me early on because <laughs> that was back when you got the VHSs and then we went to DVDs and right. I had to ask for specific cut-ups. And I would play these cut-ups at home, and my wife would be like, okay, am I going to see you tonight in bed? Nope, you're not going to see me, babe, till late. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. You know, And I would sit up and I'd watch just tons of film, but I would also play the film in my head when I was sleeping about what plays we can run against this front. Okay, right. They overship. How does my assignment change? Like you start to projecting all it. So you do it throughout the week. If you're really good at watching film, Absolutely. you're already projecting it. And then you use this subliminal type of musical messaging in your head to then go back to that place and help root ground you before a game. And so, you know, that's and it also prevents you from getting too high and too low. Right. Because you're kind you kind of have that even kill because it's like I've played this game five times already before I get to the field on Sunday. And that's the point. You know, that repetition brings yeah. um, a consistency in technique and in moderating your emotions, everything. You know, that's, that's why I'm so yeah. big on it. I, I got to tell you, one of the funniest <laughs> moments I had was, um, it was it was during training camp. We were playing a preseason game. We were playing uh, the Giants. And um, I got kicked out to tackle the day before 
without even taking any practice reps out to tackle because somebody got hurt. And so it's a preseason game. And I got to play against Leonard Marshall and Lawrence Taylor. All right, so those are the, the – I mean, it's like, oh, that's just great, fine. You know, the first – I'm like so much Th- shorter. Than, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, thanks. right? I appreciate that. So so I'm sitting there going, all right, so what do you think they're going to talk about with the announcers on a Saturday night preseason game with the Giants and the Steelers? It's the last preseason game. You know how those can tend to be a little snorefest, except for the fact that in my day we would play three quarters of the game. Uh, back in the day. But anyhow, the fact is probably they're going to key in on, on, oh, we got uh, this offensive tackle who's not played offensive tackle. <laughs> He's moving out from the guard against A the great, tackle. yeah, the great <laughs> Lawrence Taylor. So the day before the game, I'm sitting there and I'm doing my mental gymnastics. I got my feet up on a on a footstool and everything, and I'm just kind of relaxing chair. You know, you put yourself in that relaxed state of mind and you're just cruising. Yeah. All right, I'm going through it. I must have drifted off at some point. Because all of a sudden there's darkness, and I remember seeing this distinctly. But out of the darkness came this blue Giants jersey with number 56 on it, Lawrence Taylor, and it flashed right. And it went, and yeah. I like I kicked the footstool all the way across the room. I threw the, I had, I had my book and everything, and everything. I, I reached out, and I, I punched out like I was punching Lawrence Taylor this this jersey in my imagination. And I'm sitting there, and I'm sweating like like I'm playing the game. I just sat there, and all of a sudden I realized that I'm sitting in my living room, and I just kicked the footstool, threw my book, threw the, uh, you know, the, the uh, some something. Uh, I had my hand across the room, and I remember my wife coming and going, she had a big crash. She goes, are you okay? I go, I know what it was. It was a lion game. It was, it was a twist, you know? <laughs> and she looked at me and she went, oh, my and goodness. This is, and this is also where communication is key. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to break. Oh, when we come back, let's see. We got the great Jim Wexel checking in the locker room here. All things Steelers will be back after this. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. 